0: Alistair, thanks very much for, for joining us today. For those who don't know Clarion, um, just tell us a little bit more about the business, the focus and the strategy.
1: Sure. Uh, Clarion is well known as a U.S. Uh, investment manager, a U.S. real estate investment manager, about 56 billion uh, AUM. A disproportionate amount of that is in the logistics space, about a little over 20 billion, a little over half the, the AUM is, is in open-end fund structures. The concentration on logistics obviously has benefited Clarion uh, enormously over the last 10 years, and it was a very conscious decision that they made. Clarion has been entirely focused on uh, the US uh, over the last 30, or 40 years. When Clarion wanted to come to Europe, it recognized that, that it's very difficult to do that organically. Um, It takes a very long time to be able to scale that. We got chatting with Clarion, it took us about six months to all agree the way that this could work. And we closed it about 18 months ago. It's been great success for us uh, here in Europe. And and I believe my US colleagues would would say the same. Uh, In Europe, I started the business in 2006, um, and we focused on uh, the industrial sector right from the beginning. Um, We've become one of the most prolific acquirers of logistics space in Europe. And so when Clarion came to Europe, the logistics was at the forefront of its mind. We're now part of the Clarion family and we operate as one of the Clarion businesses.
0: And you relatively recently announced a joint venture with Invest to invest 300 million euros in logistics opportunities across Europe. Um, I suppose, what's the strategy of that joint venture? Um, what types of assets are you targeting?
1: You know, it's very similar to what we've done over the last five or six years. We've been highly focused on modern institutional spec logistics assets in established markets, mostly in Germany, France, Netherlands, Spain, to a degree, uh, and to a lesser degree, CEE. That will remain unchanged, but we're going to develop more. We already are developing more. We do that, generally speaking, in joint venture with established, uh, both local and pan-European logistics developers. Uh, We develop both in terms of on a build-to-suit basis, as well as on a speculative basis. Uh, but aside from shifting the concentration more towards development, it's gonna to continue to be focused on very high quality logistics buildings in very in demand markets, um, which right now is, is, is there, are, there are many markets across Europe that can be characterized as that.
0: And obviously, there's been a lot of discussion around um, the health crisis, um, and it's certainly put a, a huge focus on on the logistics sector more generally. How do you see the influence of the crisis at the moment on the market? And, and also, has that had an influence on your investment strategy at all, Alistair?
1: Yes, you know, the, the, the crisis has resulted in a greater allocation of capital to logistics. Um, There are a few reasons for that. If you think about where logistics was pre-pandemic, there was a lot of institutional investor focus on logistics because of the trend towards e-commerce. E-commerce growing 14 15% a year. And then e-commerce needs about three times the amount of logistics space versus traditional retail. So there was already this very rapidly growing need for more logistics space. Um, And then you can can add in with that the increasing complexity of supply chain needing additional space, the reshoring um, that had just started, um, all resulting in a need for more footprint in the logistics space. But all time low vacancy and it becoming harder and harder to get permitting in the best markets. And so you ended up having this supply demand imbalance, which was already becoming incredibly attractive for investors. But coronavirus has massively pushed that forwards, right? It's it's massively increased e-commerce adoption by people that weren't using it, but also the people that were using it have done more and more transactions online rather than physical retail. So the coronavirus has, has basically accelerated what was already happening in a very alarming rate. You then look at that as being sort of the biggest driver for the fu- underlying fundamentals, where we've got... You know, we've we've got a very finite supply of logistics space, but the occupiers needing more than this than exists. But then, there's a relative performance argument, where where typically an investor into logistics is a real estate investor, and and it will that investor will be invested into retail, office, hospitality, etc. Logistics has held up extremely well during the pandemic. We, for example, have got no rent arrears for 2020, which is I find remarkable that the that NASA class could be so robust. And then you've got the comparative performance of retail, which is just in an awful place. And it's very uncertain as to when that can end. And then we've got uh, office where there's a lot of risks around long term occupier demands in that sector. So when you weigh the, all this lot up, logistics just has been uh, a, a winner of an incredibly uh, tragic uh, pandemic.
0: Um how do you see the argument Alistair as well about the likelihood of a significant economic recession globally but also obviously within in Europe as well how do you see that as a balancing point against this rise in demand
1: you know, logistics historically has been affected in a very similar way to other asset classes when uh, in times of recession and it's clear that we collect rents from corporates that are affected by consumer sentiment and consumer demand What's a little bit different at the moment is that these other influences that we've just uh, gone through appear so much stronger than the influences from the growth in GDP that whilst I think logistics will be somewhat affected by a severe economic downturn, the factors on the other side that are pushing the increased occupier demand and increased desire for investors to come into the logistics space, will be so much greater than the effect from a decrease in GDP that that I think will be a very great relative winner, but also, I think, an absolute compelling performer during during what is inevitably going to be a, a period of economic contract and contraction.
0: Very interesting to catch up. Um, thanks very much for joining us, Alistair.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Richard.